What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That was, that was a pretty fun game. That was a nice win for the Wizards. Um, they just played the Pacers and they won <laughs> by a ridiculous score of 154 to 141. Um the Wizards now improve the record to 30 and 35, and the Pacers fall to 30 and 34. Um, obviously, only a half game ahead of the Wizards, which is big. <laughs> um, so, coming into this game, uh, I got to pull up the stats super quick. Um, the Pacers were 19th in point differential with a point differential of minus 0.4, um, 16th in offensive rating with an offensive rating of 112.1 and 13th in defensive rating with a defensive rating of 112.5. Um, <laughs> the overview four-factor stuff for this game is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the Wizards' um, offensive rating for this game was 130.2, which is like out of this world. Um, the Pacers was 120.5. Um, Wizards' effective field goal percentage was 65.5, and the Pacers was 56.6. Um, both those numbers are really, really, really high, <laughs> but the Wizards' 65.5 is in the 95th percentile. Um, turnover rate for the Wizards was 13.8. Paces was 13.7. Both of those about average. Um, Wizards um, offensive rebound rate was 27.3. Um, and the Pacers was 29.1. Um, both those slightly below, above average. And then the Wizards free throw rate, <laughs> free throw rate was only 16.5. And the Pacers was 19.8. Um, so yeah, some ridiculous numbers from this game. Um I want to look at the win probability model. So, like, this game really wasn't that close after halftime. Um, the Wizards won that big run to end the second quarter, and then the game was basically over. Um, yeah, so I'll talk about... I'll go with box score, um, basic box score stuff first, and then I'll talk about the elephant in the room um, behind this game. Um, 
So looking at the Wizards guys, um, the most notable one is obviously Russell Westbrook. Um, probably my favorite Westbrook game of the season. Um, I'll, uh, I might argue his best game. Like the Nets game is probably the one that's probably his best, but this was by far my favorite. Um, he had 14 points, only took eight shots, was five for eight, four or four at the free throw line, um, and then 24 assists. Um, yeah, <laughs> six turnovers, but when you have 24 assists, that's not a very big deal. Um, Rui Hachimura had 27 points. Um, he looked, he looked pretty good tonight, obviously. Um, 12 of 19 from the field, two or two for the free throw line. So we've had, we've seen Rui have some bigger games, um, that were inefficient. This one, um, wasn't, he was really efficient tonight. Um, just shooting the ball really, really well. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about more about him. Um, Bradley Beal had 26 points, um, on 11 to 24 shooting, three or five from the free throw line. So 26 points coming on 26 and a half shooting possessions. That's not very efficient, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> um, so the for the bench guys, Hutchison had 13 points on five of seven shooting. Um, Dallas Rutans had 14 points on four of 11 from three and five of 12 from the field overall. Um, Robin Lopez at 11. Daniel Gafford had 15 points, seven to seven from the field. Um, Ish Smith was six of eight from the field. He had 13 points. Um, so yeah, pretty ridiculous from all the guys. Um, looking at the Pacers players, um, Demontis Sabonis, um, like obviously the best player. Um, he had 32 points. Well best healthy player i'll put it that way um 32 points 14 to 22 from the field one to three from the three-point line um three or four from the free throw line 19 rebounds nine assists um yeah he was the offense um but also karis levert had a nice little game he had 33 points nine to ten from the free throw line um 11 to 28 from the field um and like O'Shea Brissett had 10 points doug mcdermott at 11 edmund sumner had 10 um and then off the bench um actually like their top three guys aren't that bad. Um, coming off the bench, like Justin Holiday, TJ McConnell, and Aaron Holiday, like that's not a bad three guys coming off the bench. Um, but respectively, they had 15, 15, and 15 <laughs> points. Um, TJ McConnell also had eight assists. I love watching TJ McConnell, but I, I don't know, I'll talk about it later. Um, so, yeah, so the first thing I want to talk about, I mean, obviously, I have to talk about the Pacers' injuries. I want to pull up their full injury report um, from ESPN. Um, so, First of all, Edmund Sumner, he played in this game, um, but he came out of the game in the middle because of a left knee contusion. Um, so there's that. And Edmund Sumner was their starting whatever position you wanted to say he was, point guard, um, I guess. Um, I think he's more of a shooting guard, but whatever. Um, so Jeremy Lamb didn't play because of a knee injury. Um, Gogo Batadze didn't play, who's their backup center, um, because of an ankle injury. Also, Jeremy Lamb is like, he starts a lot of games. He also comes off the bench normally when they have all their guys. Um Malcolm Brogdon, who's their um, starting point guard, um, arguably their best player, um, was out with a hamstring injury. Um, Jakar Sampson, um, who is their backup center when they don't have Goga Batadze, um, he was out for this game with a concussion. Miles um, Turner has been out for a while. Um, and then TJ Warren is out for the season um, with that uh, foot injury that he has. Um, so you're playing a team that's missing like four of their five best players, and like literally they don't have a backup center. Um, that's a pretty big issue for them. Um, but actually their, their O'Shaper set at center minutes are actually pretty fun. They're pretty interesting. Um, and also like Keela Martin playing, you know, power forward position like that. That's always fun. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, the story of this game pretty much was injuries. Like the Pacers, not only were all those guys injured, but when you look at guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Jakar Sampson, um, obviously Miles Turner, who's like probably a top three defensive player of the year candidate um like one of the best rim protectors in the league and he can move his feet on the perimeter he would have been perfect executing um their pick and roll scheme against bradley beal in tonight's game um and then 
Edmund Sumner, obviously, is one of their best defensive players. I don't know why I closed out the Pacers injury report. Um, I want to pull that back up. Um, I, like Koka Patadze, when you don't have him, then you have to play O'Shea Brissett, who's traditionally more of a small forward. Like, maybe, like, he's like a 3-4 um, guy, like, playing him at center. And he's like, what, 6-8? And he wasn't in the league three weeks ago. Like, that's not a great thing um, for your team. So, like, the Pacers were decimated by injuries. Um, but that doesn't really excuse letting the Wizards have an offensive rating of 130-plus in a game. Um, and also like part of the reason that their offensive rating was so bad was just because their offense in general was bad. Um, they took bad shots, they turned the ball over and the wizards were able to run out and transition and just get tons of buckets. Um, the wizards, um, transition frequency in this game was 19.8%, um, which is in the 89th percentile. Um, and then in terms of points for play and transition, um, the Pacers did a terrible job of getting back um, and protecting the middle of the floor. Like the Wizards were getting dunk after dunk after dunk in transition. Um, and like generally when you get back in transition, the first thing you want to protect is the rim and then to kind of fan out. Um, a couple of teams have actually kind of tried to fan out and then protect the rim, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, like you have to protect the rim. Like if you're giving up dunks and obviously like that's the last thing you want to give up in the NBA. Um, I mean, I guess besides like an and one, three, but <laughs> I mean, I get like the last thing you want to give up is a dunk in terms of like points per possession. And <laughs> the Wizards were at 150 points per 100 plays in transition. You can't let that happen. Um, the one place that the Wizards also did, like they ran a ton off steals, um, but they ran even like they ran a lot off of live rebounds. Um, off of live rebounds, the Wizards ran um, 42.9% of the time, which is in the 93rd percentile. And their points per play um, coming off those live rebounds and running um, was 142.9 points per 100 plays, which is in the 68th percent. But like that is a ridiculous number. Um, what's really, really interesting is that the Pacers, um, their transition frequency off live rebounds was even higher than the Wizards. It was at 54.8, which is in the 99th percentile. Um, and that their points per play off those plays were 88.2. Um, so part of why that number is that high is just because the Wizards were making so many shots. Um, if your effective field goal percentage is 65.5, then like <laughs> how many rebounds are there to grab um, and then run off of? Like, so in defensive rebounds, there's 35 defensive rebounds. So that means that they ran out off of those about like what, 17, 18 times um, if the percentage is 54.8. So like what, 19 times, I guess, 19 or 20. Um, and then, so that's kind of like a counter to having to go small, like with O'Shea Brissett at center. If you have O'Shea Brissett at center, um, then you're probably going to try to run down the floor, beat the bigger guys like, you know, um, you know, whoever's in Alex Len, or especially if Robin Lopez is in, or even like Dallas Bertans, like you want to be attacking those guys in transition because generally if they start near the rim on the offensive end, they're going to be the last guys to get back on defense. And the centers are the guys that are rim protectors for basically every team, but especially the Wizards. And if you're kind of driving down and the defense isn't set and the rim protectors on the other side of the floor, like that's the best place to score. Um, the Pacers just didn't do a great job of capitalizing. Like they don't, the problem with this team, the way that it was um, constructed, I guess, um, is that like there's just no ball handlers? Um, like I guess like Karis Levert's a ball handler. Um, he's a solid passer, but he's not like an exceptional passer. Um, or like he's he's not really ever going to drive efficient offense for your team, um, which is a big problem. Like they have the Pacers had no guys that would drive efficient offense. I guess part of the reason their offense was so efficient was um, they were making some shots. Um, they're 14 to 27 from three. 
Um, and then they were also getting out in transition, even though some of it wasn't the most efficient stuff. Um, but like Levert and Sabonis, I'll talk about the Pacers offense. So it basically boiled down to either like a pick and roll with Levert and Sabonis or just Sabonis running delay, Sabonis running elbow series, Sabonis in the post. Like everything had to go through Sabonis. Otherwise, it was like just ugly. Um, I would have loved to see more movement from the Pacers. Like they're a little stagnant um, for me, which is something that I noticed watching them a few times without like Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Um, they do get tend to get a little stagnant um, with the guys that really haven't played out there as much. Um, but generally, like if you have guys that are less experienced playing together, I would like to see more movement to kind of counter that, um, to kind of get more actions going. Um, but yeah, I was like, it was very, very Sabonis focused. Um, something that's actually interesting in this game is that uh, when you look at the Pacers starters versus their bench, um, so the starters were Sabonis, O'Shea Brissett, Doug McDermott, Edmund Sumner, and Karis LeVert. Um, the plus minus for those guys are minus 20, minus 15, minus 12, minus 10, and minus 16. Um, for the four guys that came off the bench in this game, um, which are. Um, Justin Holiday, TJ McConnell, Aaron Holiday, and then Keelan Martin played zero total minutes. Um, but the plus minus for those guys were minus nine for Justin Holiday, and then plus eight for TJ McConnell, plus eleven for Aaron Holiday, and then minus two um, for Keelan Martin. Um, part of that is because TJ McConnell and Aaron Holiday like were just on the floor when the Pacers happened to have runs. Um, you can kind of question like, did the Pacers happen to have a run because they had finally had two true point guards on the floor? Or did they go on a run just because, like, the Wizards were missing shots, they were playing bad, um, those two guys, like, they are able to get on transition more and, like, get more easy buckets, like, whatever. Like, more defensive breakdowns from the Wizards side. Um, you can debate that. But TJ McConnell played 31 minutes and Aaron Holiday played 25 minutes. Um, and their plus minuses were that. Um, in 43 minutes, DeMontis Sabonis had a plus minus of minus 20. Um, so when the five minutes, DeMontis Sabonis was off the floor, um, the plus minus for the Pacers was plus seven. Um, that was, that was, those were the minutes with O'Shea Brissett at center in their running zone. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, but also looking at the plus minus for the Wizards guys, um, Rui Hachimura plus 20, Alex Lund plus 17, Russell Westbrook plus 21, Helen plus 13, and Bradley Beal plus 14. Those are the starters. Off the bench, Chandler Hutchison minus 9, um, Dallas Bertans minus 4, um, Daniel Gaffer minus 2, Ish Smith minus 3, and Cassius Winston minus 2, playing a total of zero minutes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so part of that could just be like TJ McConnell is a very good backup point guard. Um, Aaron Holiday is a solid backup point guard, and Justin Holiday is like good off the bench. Also, if um, Demontis Sabonis is playing that many minutes, a lot of their minutes are going to be tied with Demontis Sabonis, so that's going to make them look better. A lot of their minutes are being tied with Karis LeVert, who played 38 minutes in this game, so that's going to make them look better. Um, kind of like, like like stuff like that's going to make them look better, and that affects plus minus. Like plus minus, not necessarily an individual stat. There's a it's really really noisy, um, but it's interesting to see a delineation between the starters who are like you know driving um, what usually. Like, they're winning basketball versus the bench. Um, I always think that's a little bit interesting, um, even though it might not mean a ton. Um, you kind of have to think about it. Um, also, I do have to say, super quick, I'm disappointed that Anthony Gill, Garrison Matthews, Isak Bonga didn't play in this game. I'm also disappointed that Amita Brahma did not play and Cassius Stanley didn't play. I want to see the Cassius versus Cassius minutes, uh, <laughs> but we didn't get to see it. Um, so I guess I've gone this long. I haven't talked about Russell Westbrook, who I said earlier had my favorite game of the season. Um, I love what Russell Westbrook did tonight. Um, like just utilizing his advantage creation, um, to create for his teammates, um, was like, it was phenomenal how he did it. Well, the way that Westbrook was getting a lot of his assists tonight was, well, first of all, just from like really, really good cutting. Like a lot of credit does have to go to the other Wizards players. Um, like Hutchison, like I have my problems with Hutchison, but like if there's one thing that he's good at, it's 
cutting. Um, he's a really, really good cutter on offense. He's one of those guys that's always moving, always coming through the lane. Like sometimes he gets in the way, um, but like generally it's like really, really good stuff. Um, he did a great job of cutting um, tonight. Also like Rui. Um, Rui made 12 field goals. A lot of those were just coming off cuts. Um, he did an awesome job tonight of like finding soft spots in the defense, especially when the Pacers went zone um, and just scoring. Um, but a lot, like at, per usual, a lot of Russell Westbrook's stuff was in transition or drop down passes. Um, and if there's one thing that's really tough against Westbrook is it's playing a zone. Um, when you don't have the greatest point of attack defense and then you combine that with like poor rotations off the ball, um, Westbrook's going to destroy you. Um, like that's one thing he's awesome at. Um, if you can get into like get into gaps um, and then like attack downhill um, and then like helping the helper isn't there, it's going to be a drop down pass or a dunk every single time. Um, if the helping the helper does come, it's going to be a kick out to the corner every time. Like it's, it's hard to stop. Like you have to have your rotations on point. Um, and the Pacers just didn't like, they just didn't like no offense, to like Aaron Holiday, but like, and like no offense to Doug McDermott, no offense to O'Shea Brissett. Like those guys are not on point with the rotations. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, like I've seen better days from like Aaron Holiday and O'Shea Brissett. Um, but like tonight, like they just did not do a good job rotating on defense. Part of that could be fatigue. Um, cause they've been playing so many more minutes, like these past however many days when all their guys have been hurt. Um, part of that could just be like, they're not that good off ball on defense, which is also definitely true. Um, for those two guys in particular, um, but yeah, it's it, you. It's really, really tough when you go zone against Westbrook, or like even when you set a ball screen against Westbrook and you ask Demontis Sabonis to play coverage against him. Like Demontis Sabonis, at some point, <laughs> okay, let's have the Demontis Sabonis conversation um, right now. Um, so Demontis Sabonis is like he's great and all, right? Um, he's a really good player. Um, he made the All Star team. Like I don't really care about that, but. Um, I think that the most important player to the success of the Indiana Pacers by far is um, Miles Turner. Um, so because a lot of their scheme stuff relies on funneling guys to the paint, running them off the three-point line, and then having a big center that can really defend the rim. Um, and Miles Turner is that guy. Um, the Pacers defensive rating with Miles Turner on the court is 109.7. And then when he's off the court, um, their defensive rating is... Filtering lineups, cleaning the glasses, loading, it's thinking. Oh my goodness. So their, their offensive rating is 115.1. So in the, it's in the 27th percentile with Miles Turner off the court and the 77th percentile with Miles Turner on the court. Um, that's a pretty big difference. Um, with Miles Turner off the court and then DeMontis, or no, I'll just filter it out. So I'll do at center, um, DeMontis Sabonis. So DeMontis Sabonis minutes at center um, per clean the glass. Um, their defense rating is 114. Um, which is in the 36th percentile. Like, DeMontis Sabonis is a center who can't really play center on defense. Like, he's fine. He can move his feet a little getting out on the floor, but not enough to stay in front of Westbrook, not enough to stay in front of Beal. Um, and that's a problem for team building. Like, how do you build a good defense around DeMontis Sabonis? I think is a pretty big question that I don't think there's an answer to, which is why I think that DeMontis Sabonis is like, like, he's an awesome floor raiser, but like, not a t- particularly a ceiling raiser on a championship level team. Um, kind of like in the mold of like Nikola Vucevic. Um, so like it, it's so hard to, um, I'm trying to pull up his, um, rim protection stats right now. Um, but yeah, like, I don't really see how you can build a good, like this was kind of like, like, it's not like their defensive personnel in this game was so terribly bad. Um, just going up and down the line, like TJ McConnell is like, he's a good point of attack defender. Aaron Holiday, uh, pass. <laughs> um, he's not that good. Like Justin Holiday is a good wing defender. Karis LeVert is like a solid wing defender. Edmund Sumner is a good point of attack defender. Doug McDermott 
is more questionable. Like O'Shea Brissett is a solid like wing point of attack guy. Um, like this is not like a disastrous defensive unit that was out there. Yes, like the Wizards did a ton of their work in um, transition, but in the half court, the Wizards um, points per play was at one ten point two, which is in the eighty fourth percentile. Like it, it should not be like that. It, it just should not. Um, especially because like the Wizards didn't have an insane shooting night in terms of, um, shooting accuracy from three, but around the rim. So <laughs> here's something interesting. Um, the Wizards got forty four percent of their shots tonight around the rim, which is like way, way more than they usually get. Um, and that's in the ninetieth percentile. Um, in terms of shooting accuracy around the rim, the Wizards were at eighty one percent, which is in the ninety second percentile, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and a lot of that is because Mile or Demontis Sabonis was the center. Like he's just not a rim protector. Um, like so, within less than six feet, the difference when Demontis Sabonis contests shots is only minus three point seven percent. Um, and remember that takes into account like all shots. Um, like that takes into account like the difference between them being there and them not being like that. That's not very good at all for a center. Um, just for reference, I want to pull up um Miles Turner's. So Demontis Sabonis was at three point seven. Um, Miles Turner. Uh, <laughs> it's a little unfair, um, but Miles Turner is his teammate. Um, I want to pull it up, and then I'll pull up Goka Batadze next. Um. I think that'll be more of an interesting, like more of a fair comparison to kind of think about. The Miles Turner is at minus thirteen point one percent. That's a massive, massive, massive difference. Um, I want to look up Goga Bitadze. Um, I'll be. This is actually pretty interesting. I have no idea what Goga Bitadze is going to be. I knew Miles Turner was right around fourteen um, because I weird and I like looking at this stuff um but I've not looked at Goku Patadze so Goku oh my goodness Goku Patadze is at minus 11.5 um actually I want to look up Jakar Sampson I'm getting really interested in this um but yeah like if Goku Patadze is at minus 11.5 um which obviously some of that well it's below expected so like I guess it does kind of filter for um like bench units, but like some of it could be a little bit noisy because Demont or Google uh, has played a little bit less minutes. Um, so is Jakar Sampson, but I'm just kind of interested. Um, Jakar Sampson, he's only played in um, 24 games this season, um, but within six feet, it's the difference is minus 19%. So like Demontis Demontis only being at 3.7% is really bad. Like Jakar Sampson is like six seven, and he just like can't really do anything besides really play backup center and be kind of interesting and move his feet on the perimeter and like get rebounds um, and play really hard and have good positioning. Like, <laughs> like that's not that high of a benchmark. Um, but like if you can't protect the rim and you can't like really, really switch, um, how do you kind of build a defense? Like, and then you can't guard power forwards. Um, so it's, I think that it's like impossible to build a championship level defense around Demontis Simonis. Um, but yeah, that's what, just what I think. Um, yeah, so we're getting towards the end of this. Like, I want to make this a little quicker just because this wasn't a great game. Um, but I do want to talk, like, for a few minutes about the NBA standings implications of this game. Um, so if you look at the current standings, um, the Wizards right now are 10th. They are half a game back of the Pacers and one and a half games back of the Hornets. Um, so something that's super, super important to keep in mind. Um, if if you assume that the 7 through 10 seeds are equal um, in terms of how good they are, if you're the 10 seed, you have a 20% chance of making the playoffs. After the play-in tournament, if you're the nine seed, you have a 25%. That 5% increase is big in terms of like, because it gives you home court advantage. Um, if you're playing the 10 seed, you'd rather have home court advantage, obviously. 
and then you go into the next game, um, you know, obviously without home court advantage. But if you jump from the eight, from the nine seed to the eight seed, um, that increases your chances to make the playoffs from 25% to 75%. And that is absolutely massive. That's where the Wizards want to be. Um, so there's seven games left in the season. They're one and a half games back of the Hornets. The Hornets remaining schedule is much easier than the Wizards. The Wizards would have to work really, really hard to get to the point where um, they can, you know, get in front of the Hornets. Um, but yeah, like we'll kind of see. Also, there's another big game because the Pacers play the Wizards three times a season and the Wizards have beaten them both times. Um, I will say both times with injuries because um, that's important to note. Um but so if the Wizards get in front of the Pacers and get the nine seed, that is big. Also, that just makes them a little more comfortable. Like the three games ahead of the Raptors with seven games left, like that, it feels like that's going to stay. Um, but you just never know, um, especially with the Wizards. Um, but yeah, like that was a big game. That was a really good win for the Wizards. Um, you know, well, I, I want to see the Pacers guys healthy. Like I, I hate sitting through these games. Um, when I know that the Wizards are just beating up on a team that doesn't have their guys or like the Wizards like squeak out a win, but like in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, but they didn't have their guys. Like this isn't even a real, like it's no fun watching these teams play without their guys. Um, I want to see the pay. I want to see Miles Turner. I'm so interested to see how the Pacers would play the Wizards with Miles Turner coming out on the floor against Bradley Beal. Um, that's so interesting to me. Like I really, really want to see how Malcolm Brogdon, um, defends Russell Westbrook at the point of attack and then how Russell Westbrook gets around screens playing against Malcolm Brogdon. Um, that. Like, I want to see this stuff. I want to see how Goga Batatze does in a second unit matchup against Daniel Gafford. Um, how would that look? And how would Daniel Gafford look against Goga Batatze? Like, that, the fact that we're getting cheated out of these, like, really interesting things because of injuries, it, it just sucks. Um, but yeah, like, what are you going to do? Um, I will say, like, I'd advise teams not to run zone against the Wizards, even though in theory it should work, but Russell Westbrook. Like you, you can't run zone against him. Um, also, like by far, like I've thought about it throughout this podcast. I think this is Russell Westbrook's best game of the season. Um, the way that he wasn't just creating shots, but like creating layups for guys um, was really, really impressive. The way that he was getting on transition every single chance and just tearing up the defense was really impressive. Um, he defended better than usual this game just like because he was more into it. Like he, he had 20 whatever assists. Um, so just a great game from Russell, Russell Westbrook. Um, have to give him another shout out. And then the Wizards next game, uh, let me pull it up real quick. I know it's on Wednesday. Um, so it's on Wednesday against, Ooh, thank goodness against the Bucks. I hope everyone is healthy for that one. Um, but Wednesday eight o'clock against the Bucks, I will podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the wizards hoops analyst podcast on the hoop heads podcast network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hoops wizards pod. I'll see you next time.